Um, welcome everybody to another episode of Driven Minds. This is your host Franz Bowen. It's your host Travis Weeks. And we have another special guest with us today. Somebody that I'm super excited to speak absolutely, to. Absolutely. Um, entrepreneur, uh, visionary, all around great philanthropist. Oh, philanthropist. Let's not forget that great CEO. Oh, talk that shit, Trav. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking shit for him. <laughs> um, Grady Spivey, everybody. Yeah, right. yeah. Welcome, Grady. Thanks for uh, taking the time to speak with us. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll let Trav do do most of the uh, introductions because I'm I'm a little. Where am I? Baby, I'm, I'm, I'm a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as soon as go, thank you. You know, thank you for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Like I said to y'all, and I mean, while the podcast is going, it's you know. I'm I'm an open book. I don't know how to be I know how to be politically correct in my business, but when it comes to personal relationships, I have to be transparent. And you know, I, as I said to you, Franz, I'm humbled and honored that you guys even took an interest to want to hear my story. Usually, people are like, okay, you know, that's the guy behind the guys, right? right? So right. we want to, yeah, great, you're cool, but let me, right. you know, meet the people you work with and are involved with, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm always apt to helping in that way as well so it's very rare when people say it and then sometimes I'm concerned of the intent right because mm. you know people might say oh Grady yeah we want to talk to you but then I know the questions really want to be about like so what does XYZ do when close doors and things like that it's like oh the cold interview is going to be about that so I get right. you know I'm a little, but your energy you guys energy was amazing amazing to me and you know your young brothers that I just want to support and so it's my honor and my pleasure to be here with you guys and support what you're doing. I appreciate that. Yo, absolutely, absolutely. I think how I found out about you, well, it's funny, but um, when we interviewed Carrie, um, D, uh, um, D did um, a little investigation of whatnot, doing what he does. And um, I think he saw, he like posted, hit me up, like, yo, Grady, boom, 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 boom. And he was like, yo, you know who that is? I'm like, do I know who that is? I'm like, I'll probably even follow you on social media for wow. a minute. Oh, wow, you know uh, I mean, yo, that's a fact. Kind of, There's a thing that's called, it was, uh, Cypher Sounds, my man says, don't get gas. You need that uh, button. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm one of them guys that kind of like, um, I do my research and I could tell, I, I look at the camp, right? Like, I pay attention to who, who mind is part of whatever project or whatever, you know. Um, initiative that's being done that I respect, that I admire. Like I know you have a close relationship with Swiss Beats, and I'm like I always pay attention to Ken because I know if that person has this person around, this person must hold a certain value. You know what I mean? So I pay attention even from like Nas and his um his latest manager um I believe his name is Anthony Sila or whatnot. Yes. Um yeah, like I'm just doing um, a little reach. I I love to hear those guys speak. Anthony's guys, amazing and real guy. That's really amazing. That's in Nas's uh. Circle is Gabriel. So I don't even know. I don't know. That's a bro- that he's a, that's a special guy right there. Mm-hmm. He's he's a, you're right. You got good intuition. Right. So it's it's like you know it's these it's these people that people need to know about because it's like um there's a lot of people yeah there's, there's a community that wants to be you know everyone wants to be the artists the basketball players but as you get older you kind of realize like okay I really want to be that guy. Yeah. I want to be that guy in the industry. And I want to do certain things in philanthropy, entrepreneurship. I want to bring a social good, but I also want to do good business. 
and you start paying attention to the people who does it, and um, I'm just happy to have you on here, and you being one of those guys that inspired Thank us, it's really dope to um, have you. So first, I want to start with first question is, uh, how did you um, even get started in, I know it started with music first, right? Music yes. Foundation. How did yes. that even come about with your relationships, and how do your interests get So I'm, I'm going to give you um, very... I mean, what do you want? The long or the short? Hey, we got time, man. I don't have that much time, but I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll, give, you the, I'll give you the I'll give you the long slash short, right? Cool. And it'll probably answer a lot of your questions. Um, and this is probably like my second interview I've ever done. So, oh wow! Yeah, That's so good. Yeah, you're not my first though. You're not my first. You know, us men, us men, we love to be the first. So, but yeah. It's good. Second is good, though. Second is But um, I started uh, in music as an outlet as a child, right? I'm from Staten Island, New York. Okay. Um, Are you from like the North Side or like Amboy area? Where, oh, where you're familiar. You know, I've been around a little bit. No, like, no, no, no. So most people used to be like, the most they'll say is Shaolin. That's it. Yeah, like, I would say Shaolin. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's all they know. But I'm from Staten Island, New York, Shaolin. Um, I'm from the areas of Port Richmond and Manus Harbor, which okay. is the North Shore. Right, 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 right. And, um, you know, yeah, and Staten Island is a is a cool sit, a cool borough of New York, uh, because of New York City, because it's a very diverse, very diverse uh, borough. Absolutely. You know, it's very rich in Italian Sicilian history. Uh, right now, it's really populated uh, with Albanian Russian. So it's really you have this really eclectic, mixed group of people. And it was cool for me because, you know, we're dealing with a lot of issues of racism and stuff right now. But when I was growing up, you know, it was a different time, right? It was like people were, they understood, we understood race, but as kids, you don't really understand it. Like my friends were Italian, Irish, Latino, Puerto Rican, black. You know, like it was. Damn, being at your friend's house must have been bomb. Oh <laughs> man! I remember some of my friends. I would go to their houses, and the, the Italian food. So the when I go to some of my Italian friends, and I go to Italian restaurants, I'm really picky, really picky. <laughs> yeah. And I know the difference from people from that cook food from the south and people that cook food from the north of Italy. Right, right, it's right, right, totally right, right. different, right, different right, right, styles, right? Like, so even in Jersey, for example, they'll call it they don't they'll call it gravy. They don't call it sauce. Mm. Uh. You see, like it's a really different culture because the people from Jersey have a different culture, an Italian heritage, or they could be Sicilian or from the north. From right. The south. So it's really different. Got so it. Staten Island, which is more Staten Sicily, as they would call it, because it's more of a Sicilian background. That's right. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't call it Monacat. Monacati, I call it Monacat, Monaco, yeah. or I call it Ricat, you know, so yeah. I, that's how I learned. Well, well, <laughs> so I grew up this way, and then I would eat at my, you know, my Irish friends, and it was just cool, you know, and our friends, it was the same thing, either you're a cool kid or you're not, right? right? Either you were the kid, you know, we didn't judge you because necessarily of your ethnic background, per se, you know, we would 
it, it was acknowledged, of course. And we would hear the nonsense and ignorance our family members would say. But, you know, they wouldn't really impose that on us as kids. They might not have dealt with my uncles or, you know, but we would go to each other's houses. We would hang out and, you know, we would have the issues for the same reasons. Oh, you chose the, you think the Ferrari is faster than a Lamborghini. Right, right. You're stupid. You know, like, things right, right, like right, that. Right, right, right. I love that impression that it set on me as a child and even musically, you know, it, it was, we were always exposed to different elements, right? Like, right. it's different, like, I grew up listening to rock and roll, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, you know, like, mm. it, it was a different, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Yo, you know, love the, chili peppers. Um, the Eagles, you know, like, those are, like, bands that I love, like, so I can't, I'm not just a guy that says, like, oh, I only listen to hip-hop, you know, but reggae, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in 92, I mean, in, in, the early, in the late 80s, early 90s with reggae music, we used to have bashment parties, like, for real, and, yeah, right. you know, clubs was, like, out of the question, it was yeah. about house parties, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, real yeah, house yeah. parties, real fun, organic fun, and, you know, the, the red light specials, and... You know, grinding on girls was like, whoa, you know, that was like, you know, like, you know, you get to dance with that girl, like that you've been like having a crush on secretly. She's been your girlfriend for like the whole school year. and She's finally there. She gives you a dance. That lasted you for like, you won, like, the good old days, right? For me, you know. But I don't know what's going on with kids and stuff nowadays, but I know for us growing up, that was what I was um, exposed to and, and musically, you know, the, the Jamaican music. And it was just cool, man. And I didn't have the internet the way it's, it is no, right. now, right. but which is great. I'm not opposed to it. I, was, I think technology is amazing and information technology is amazing and what it does for people as a whole, it should um, you know, curve ignorance, but in some places I think it enhances it, you know? Yeah. But uh, you were forced to be more knowledgeable of your own knowledge, of your own cognizance, right? You weren't, it wasn't, you could just Google something. You had to really study something. You had to really be intuitive. You had to really... You had to have a genuine interest. In correct. That. Right. Correct. So growing up for us, that's how I grew up. And um, I remember we would do block parties and um, Michael Jackson, I was a Michael Jackson fan, me and my brothers and sisters and my family, right, you know, right. I would imitate Michael, I would try to... You had like, a glove, didn't you? Not the glove, not the glove, <laughs> not the glove. But I did try to do the perm and have like a wannabe Jerry curl, but it didn't curl, I, it didn't curl all the way. <laughs> so I stuck with the S curl and, you know, I had my little like, you know, look and... You know, Kid and Play came, and that was over anyway. I was like, you know, high top fade this thing, you know. Right. But um, we would do the block parties, and music was just always a part of our narrative in our homes, you know. And my grandmother, she raised us. Uh, are you uh, African-American culturally, or, or do you have... Multicultural guy, man. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I, I always, yes, black guy, you know, that's the overall, but, you know, my background is um, bit West Indian. That comes a little bit from Trinidad. My grandfather, okay. great grandfather, was a Spanish merchant marine, mm. and um, my grandfather is 
half Jamaican and Native American. Oh, so, that's you know, my Vyad team gone. Yeah, and then, you know, I have a bit of Venezuelan in my background. But, okay. you know, I'm black, man. I'm black. Right. I'm black. So that's I'm what like, it is. You know? That's what it is. Um, so, you, you got this great, um, eclectic mix. And, and the interesting part about that is, like, so this is all, like, on, on happening on an island. So you're, at the same time, you're, you're kind of closed off. So now, you, so now you jump off the porch and you, and you go across that water and you end up in the city. Correct. How, how, how does the, the journey... Well, see, there was a transition. So from Staten Island, Staten Island, and the good thing you said, which is it's more like the forgotten borough. Sure. To this day, yeah, yeah. it's still considered the forgotten borough. And I'm trying to do a lot of things for Staten Island right now. I'm working with um, the Staten Island Museum. Oh, and I'm working with um, Seaview uh, Hospital. And we're going to do some things for the city. And I'm going to bring my relationships and resources with celebrities and stuff. That's fine. And bring that to Staten Island. But to answer your question, so 92, 94, um, moved to Atlanta, 94, 95. Mm-hmm. And that was a different cultural scene. So it, I did a detour before I came back. Oh, damn. Oh, good yeah. thing. That was around Freaknik days. The sky. Yeah, that's crazy. Who needs Google with this? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, 94, 94, Like, you do nothing about way. that, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, know. you, you just seen videos, right? Yeah, yeah I see videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bring oh, back. He yeah, got yeah. photos? He got videos? Oh, man, he, he, he got oh, a few VHS. Oh, man. I heard a few things about Freaknik. Listen, listen. I heard JD, Jermaine Dupree, even doing an interview about Freaknik. I was like, wow. Listen, Freaknik. Honestly, was like I've never seen anything like that in my life. Wow! So Freaknik's background to this day, to this day, I haven't seen anything like wow. that. Wow! I mean, culturally, it's different, right? Like yeah. I haven't seen anything like that. I would say the comparisons would be uh, if you go to like Carnival, you okay. know, things like that. Like okay, it's that free spirited, like just everyone having fun. Right. At the tail end, it got a little too aggressive, but it, it initiated from. The frats. Mm. So it started from the frats and fraternities and doing their whole thing, the whole Greek weekends and things like that. And then it turned into, and then it adopted the it's name like Freaknik, right? right? Yeah, because everyone wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I'm like 15, 16, and I'm like, whoa. Like, was this was your first time uh, <laughs> being away from home? That, when I moved to Atlanta, my my mom migrated from New York to just give us a a different life, a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a program called HUD Housing, so that's how we waited. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom uh, uh, took like uh, last little bit of money she saved up, and family members and say, you know, my father was in prison, okay. so um, you know they weren't together and. You know, my mom's like, look, I want to give them a better life. Now, my dad had the name Grady, right? Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I would get a little bit stigmatized by his name. And it was crazy. Like, people would say, oh, you're Grady. You're Grady's son. And it's that now it's a small community. Oh, I got you. So, from teachers to certain authority figures, they would go, oh, he's going to be a problem. Uh, so, subconsciously and wow. mentally, it started to happen like- yeah, on me, and I started going in the wrong direction. And I started like you know getting in a little bit of trouble, and you know trying to live that life because I wanted to emulate 
my father, because mm -hmm. always a, a, a boy, a young man, is going to have an affinity for his dad. Right. And if your dad is someone going to prison and you know, being involved with some of the, you know, not so proud some elements. Savory yeah. Elements. You start saying, well, maybe this is the road for me to travel. Right. You know, so I was honestly destined for that road. Like, if I stayed in New York. If I seen this that now and I was getting involved with the gangs, probably like half of the kids I grew up with. Were yeah, you're a Decepticon beloved? Nah, <laughs> that's Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. <laughs> Shout out my brother Saigon. That's the Brooklyn growing up, you know? Like, that's a nah, nah. I wasn't with that. You know, a little something, but nah, nah, nah. That wasn't that cool. We had a different little gangs and stuff. I'm not going to glorify that. But, um, you know, I was um, flirting with that. And, um, you know, my mother, my grandmother passed away. She was more of like that matriarch, right? Like she was one of the first uh, uh, director of Willowbrook Hospital, registered nurse. She gave us a stability because my mom was young, my dad was in prison, in and out, mm -hmm. and unfortunately fell victim to the drugs. And it just was a different life for me. You know? Right. And it was the 90s. We're talking about late 80s, the 90s, Reaganomics. Yeah. It was real. You know, was this wasn't... You know, the generation of kids with skinny jeans, that's like, you know, this was guys, it was real. This was when guys were getting robbed for their sneakers. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, it was a different element, you know, it wasn't, we could, we had neighborhood issues. You couldn't even go from one neighborhood to the other. It was like, Yo, you, where you from? That was the first question as a guy you had to deal exactly. with. Exactly. Don't be from Stapleton and just... <laughs> oh, this guy knows. He, oh, you... No, Stapleton, you are... You are listen, yes, it's <laughs> To this day, you, Yeah, Stapleton... Listen, it was Park Hill. That was called Killer Hill. That was the first, um like, project area in Staten Island where... I can't remember. I don't want to misquote the date and the time it happened, but they killed the cop. And from that time, they put a police station... A police... Like in the mobile unit, yeah. mobile unit in the projects. That was way before they started doing that. Like now, that's normal. Mm -hmm. That was like unheard of, you Shit know. Crazy. So it was real over there, and people don't know about that. They didn't. People, I guess, didn't start hearing about Staten Island until Wu Tang, right? right. Wu -Tang but you know, Staten Island had a rich history before that. You know, like every borough was dealing with. Their highs, their lows, but I'm proud to be from there. There's a lot of great memories and moments I have from there. But, you know, for the most part, when it started taking that turn in the 90s, my grandmother passed away. A lot of stability was lost in my family structure. And my mom said, hey, I'm going to give one shot to do the best that I can as a single mother for my child, for my children. Mm -hmm. And she... Uh, Moved to my uncle, gave her a loan, and she did the HUD home thing, and right. she bought a home for us in Atlanta. Okay. And uh, in read it in Stone Mountain, to be exact. Right. So that's where we moved to. Yeah. 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 So it's and it's beautiful. It, at that time, it was a really beautiful area. Beautiful. You know, I mean, you're going from Staten Island. Yeah. I'm going from projects to different. Right. You know, right. little single home. Right. You know, right. to now. Yeah. You know. Atlanta, it's like, pick, you know, that picket fence. It's yeah. always an adjustment, right? Yeah. And I wasn't used to having that stability, you know? I'm, even, I'm like, okay, is this real? Like, it's going to probably be taken away. So, I consciously, I'm like, is this, this is going to be taken away, so I'm not going to get comfortable with it. Yeah. And so I had a rebellious state, but 
the Southern hospitality won me over, man. Mm. You got start making those sweet Georgia peaches. Hey, 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 Say that again. You know, like, you're like, oh, just the way I talk is intriguing exactly. to you. Don't like, drop a sign. You know, now, now you start, yeah, now you really, like, start, you start laying it on thick, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, you like, you extra New York now, like, you know, like, but I was down there and I was still, like, had a different mentality. So it was hard to adapt. I was getting kicked out of school, suspended. You know, I didn't even want to be there. I remember my report card. <laughs> I had, um, uh, I had. It was the, the in Atlanta is different. The, the the grading system, so they label out like how many days you're in class and stuff. Each right. each class, right? So my class was like, he was absent twenty two days in one class, thirty two days in another class. Sixty-one days. Like I was just, yeah, I was just on some whole like, yeah, like, and then I was like, oh, what they're gonna do? Suspend me and send me home. Right. Bingo, I win. Right. So then they did something called in in house suspension, where it's like a room like this, probably like it was a trailer. I never forget. It was off site of the school, but it was on the school grounds. It was off site. It was. You didn't leave that that trailer. Sounds like jail a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't for me, you know. So you're in there with all the knuckleheads, yeah. right? Like, and Atlanta was different, man, because you know you had the love and you had the hate. So you had the the, the girls would show the love, and then the guys didn't like that too much. Exactly. But it was a melting pot. So you got guys from different areas, from like Chicago, L.A., and then you got some of the some of these guys, man, even New York. You know when people are just extra, they're trying to be extra tough, extra hard. You were hard in New York, but you yeah, you like, I'm like, hold on. Now I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned about the stability of it, but I'm happy to be here. Like right. my friends are going to jail back home and right. shooting. Like we were, like uh-huh. you know, like allegedly. it was uh-huh. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> like that. <laughs> And you now you guys are trying to act like super tough and then mm-hmm. they want to instigate problems in Atlanta. And then the locals are like, no, they don't just because you're from New York doesn't mean you're tough, right? right. So they, they, they men just like you. So they're like, hey, you tough, we tough. And one thing in Atlanta, at the age of 16, you could buy a shotgun mm-hmm. and keep it in your car. That's why you're hearing the rap songs. They'll say, don't make me pop the trunk. So it's dangerous like that. Yeah. It's it's different, you know. So you really trying to test these guys who they could go to their trunk and get busy if need be. So you know, I, I I'm just not that person. I'm not a confrontational person. I don't mm-hmm. like. I'm more of a unification person. That's just always been my mindset. You know, okay. like I'm not. I understand respect. You go into the person's place now. If you disrespect me, then I'm not gonna back down. You know, but we're in the south. We're here in Atlanta. Like. So I was cool with the country guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so then I met a kid who was beatboxing on the table. 
he comes up to me and he says a rap. Well, I'm peeling motherfuckers' arms like heads like oranges, hitting them with two by four inches. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's early. So then I'm like, then I'm spitting my little rhymes, right? Because, yeah. you know, I'm from New York, so of course I can rap. Like, oh, that's, that's like, of course, that's three. Yeah, we get a cypher right now, right? So I'm saying my little track, rhymes, <laughs> like, yo, yo, yeah, yeah, I roll like a whale, slippery like a sail. I got mad heart, but I do not feel because hey. it's all in the brain. If you ask me, am I crazy? No, I'm not insane. While you was acting something, something, I can't remember all of them. But so there it goes, right? So I'm saying my little rhymes, but this guy said this rhymes like this, and I'm like, yo, this dude's nice. Then turns out, so I'm like, yo, we gotta, you know, he's from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, so, you know, they call me um, K Swiss, DJ K Swiss. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm like, yeah, they call me Superior. You know what I mean? That was my little <laughs> rap name, right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, Superior, all right. So, you know, from New York, we gotta stick together, man. So, you know, but we ain't like all these other New York dudes, you know, they got it, you know, one pant leg up and, you know, a Nike shoe with, you know, it's not, it's not adding up. Yeah, it's not, you, these are dudes from New York, but they've been down in Atlanta since, you know, the country dudes are coming to be like, hey, Shari, that dude been here since, you know, I knew him since he was in the third grade. Now you're from New York. And then they're getting beat up by the country dudes. <laughs> and then they'll come to us making you a little bad. But I'm like, yo, we ain't that. But try that over here. We're going to go all the way. So however you want to do it, it real recognizes real. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it goes. So me and Swiss click. Mm. So DJ K Swiss turned out to be who you know now Swiss Beats. Okay. So um, we had a little rap crew called AOD. And then um, our parents wanted to keep us out of trouble. And, you know, the South is a little slow. And, you know, New York kids, our wheels are turning. We used to being able to jump on a train. In my case, jump on a ferry and into the train. And right. Do what we want to do. And now it's like, you're only doing something if your friend's parent picks you up and takes yeah, you yeah, to yeah. the house. You know what I mean? Like it's, a little, culture, it's a little yeah. different. So it's like, all right, go, you get start getting stir crazy. And, you know, so um, my parent, my, my mom and her, um, her, um, uh, her husband at the time, he, uh, he was like, yo, you know, just do music. Y'all love music. Let's... So they invested in the studio. So we would live and die in that studio. Like, and it was literally a garage studio, literally. That's incredible. But Swiss's uncle sent him down an MPC, an MPC in a Kai 60, I think at the time. I could be wrong. No, it was 3,000. It was 3,000. Was hey, 60. Well, I could be wrong. I could be he wrong. He was doing this, sending that type of equipment down. Oh, his uncle? This is the early nineties, like that thing. Oh, that was that was Darren Dean. You know, D's. You know, that's the big homie. That's who started Rough Riders. And, okay. You know, he's an OG. You know, uh, you know, I can't really say what he was doing. You know, that's the OG. You know, right, like right, right, he right, started right. Rough Riders and he supported. So he sent Swiss down to NPCs and um, my family bought equipment, microphones, different things. And that was we was recording music out of the um, out of our garage studio. Me, Swiss, and we had a rap crew called AOD. And we all, you know, I thought I could rap. So you spitting them times too? I was, I was spitting. I was, mm-hmm. was going at it. That was a, at that point, your plan was to be a rapper. My plan was to be a rapper, right? right? But it was more for fun. But I, I did want to be a rapper, right? So mm-hmm. we all, you know, you three of us rap. Swiss is the producer, right? So that's the mentality. 95, 94, 95, 96, um, going into ninety seven. Then. Uh, 
but we started DJing in the house parties. We started getting a different buzz and a respect in Atlanta, in the South. Right. You, were, you know, like, we were like 16 and sneaking um, into the clubs, and Swiss would DJ the clubs, mm. and I would carry his crates, and that's how we got into the clubs. Oh, and I'm talking about sheesh. clubs like Flavors, mm. you know, that yeah, people that left yeah. eye reference in a song at Ladies Night. You know, from, from Flavors to Frozen Paradise, like these were really like this was the Freaknik okay. era, Memorial Drive, That's like mean. Jamaica. It was the it was Atlanta initial. starting to go or, up, or like incline. on the right, right, super right. incline, and we literally were a part of that. So right. you know, Jermaine Dupri, Mel Testamar, uh, we went to school with um, me, Swiss, Lala, and our boo theme all went to school together, wow. which wow. is Akon's brother. Oh, boo, a boo, yeah. Boo. Yeah. yeah, I said it's government. I'm sorry, boo. <laughs> <laughs> but boo, me, Lala, we all went to school. But the where we clicked, we're all from here, right? So right, it was yeah, like, yeah. you know, boo from Jersey. You know, yeah, sure, Jersey sure. out distant yeah, cousins. Exactly. You know what I mean? But, so, Shout out uh, Jersey. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. But it was all the same thing. So we vibed, and it was so crazy. I don't know what was in the air, the water, but all of us, we always go back. And now Lala, you know. She was, even before marrying Carmelo, she was... Big on radio, right? Radio, yeah. LA, vi video jockey, MTV, yeah. now her acting career. And, you know, she's a force on her own as... Absolutely. And, you know, Melo, my brother, but they combined the joint forces, and it's amazing. But, you know, she's a force on her own and done doing, doing phenomenal things, amazing things. Yeah. And then Boo, of course, and the music, what he's done on right. his own independence, so... So you guys are just all like teenagers at this time. Yeah, this is discovering, you know, your yourselves and you you find a a, a commonality in that identity within each other. Correct. So was was there was so was there like a push at that point to be like, all right, we're gonna stick together and this is our plan? Or did kind no. of things what, what was no. that? What what so brought you what, back? what happened was so and Again, like I'm saying, like Lala, she was in school and doing her thing, and you know, she was the one like, yo, y'all need to go to class, you know, like mm -hmm. that was her. And then um, Boo, and he was, you know, doing his thing, but he loved music. Me and Boo, um, you know, grew up great. Him and Swiss were close friends first initially because mm -hmm. they went to Stone Mountain High School, then I went to um, Stevenson, then we all went to Open Campus together, which okay. was an alternative school. For yeah, us, to kind of like, school yeah, yeah, the guys that missed thirty days of uh, of class, right, lucky, right. you know, your and last all, chance. All your By the way, way, kids, I graduated with a three point five GPA. So there you go. academic diploma. Go to school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I fixed it. I, cr I said, "Whoa, I ain't going out like that." Right? <laughs> but um, everyone did their own thing, but me and Boo started. You know, we really started clicking and really like. Would support each other and talk about dreams and aspirations. And, you know, I would go to work and I would let him hold my car. And he would go and meet with um, Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Wales at the time, who was a guy that was managing 112. Okay. So um, we would be in Doppler Studios and wow. witness that whole thing. And then um, Boo was close with a kid by the name of Little Zane. Huh. And then Lil Zane, Lil Zane. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that all they say they call 112. It's the human, it's the human Google right here, man. Can't say a reference without this guy, you know. But um, then 
So Boo started going along that side, and his brother Akon was working with a guy named Divine Stevens. Mm. You know, and Divine Stevens was the guy that was choreo- doing choreography for everyone. Mm. Puffy, oh God. you know, Bad Boy, every you name it, Divine Stevens did the choreography for okay. everybody. And the labels actually started hiring him to choreograph all of the artists in their videos. So this is before Lorian. Like, Lorianne was involved at that time okay. as well, but it was those were the two. Like it's right, like right, I mean, Lorianne right, right. is you know that's the goddess, that's my sister. Um, but Divine was like you know that he was that was dude too, too, you know. Okay. Like so, um, but Akon was his partner. So Akon was damn near living in the studio, writing records, and Akon. Um, yeah, what year is this? This is ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. And then, like, 98, you know, we're about to graduate high school. Swiss is about to graduate as well. And then he says, you know, and we, now we got out. Like, so, Ma, you see what's going on. We got relationships. Everyone's, like, yeah. cool, knowing everybody and grinding. And then, you know, Swiss is like, my uncles called me. And they're like, yo, Greg. He's like, they're like, we just got our act signed to, um, um, to uh, Bad Boy. Uh, Puff Smith and uh, where we got, his uncles were managing. That was when they were managers at the okay, time. Okay. And then it's, it's these kids, they spit, they're called the locks, the warlocks. <sighs> so I'm like, this guy loves Jada too. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I, I'm like, all right. So he's like, yo, they're saying I need to come up there. Mm. So I don't know what to do. And they said they might be getting their artist DMX signed. Earl. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yo, his aunt Siobhan called him. I was there and I remember he was having a phone call. She was like, you need to be here because we got producers and if you're not involved, you're out, you know? Right. So he's like, you know, it was like a, I forgot the, the word for it, but you know, a pivotal moment for him. Right, like, right, 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 do right. I stay in school, my education? I got already grinding here in Atlanta building a name with DJ and all the house parties, the clubs, we're getting, we're building our own yeah. thing. We got friends, we got a friend named Akon, we got a friend named Lil This One, uh, you know, all our crew is like, it's gonna yeah. happen yeah. here or there, but you know, you're hearing this, and I'm like, I said, did, 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 you, guys know, did, you, did you guys know who DMX was at the time, or he was just now? So, remember that rhyme that he said to me? Well, I'm peeling motherfuckers' heads like oranges, right. hitting them with two by four inches. That was DMX's rap. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was reciting DMX's raps. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even know. So that's why it was so advanced. Like he was, so this is like one of the nicest rappers in our school because he had DMX's rhymes memorized. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he went down there with the raps, said a few of their raps, said a few of DMX's raps. And, you know, so that was how it all started. But then he started playing us records. Um, X had a record called Born Loser. So that was his first on when he had Rough House Columbia. So he had his first uh, deal with Rough with Columbia Records with Rough House. Mm. And that was, um, you know, when they had Rough Riders. So it made sense, mm. but it didn't work out. And then his uncles managed the locks, the warlocks, and then Puffy signed him. And you know, Puff like all that yeah, warlocks, like, all that. Make this sexy, uh, you know, so shiny suits, the locks, that whole thing. Yeah. But it worked. 
worked. I mean, it went platinum. They got him on the map. And then Swiss's uncles was able to, you know, maneuver. And then um, Irv Gotti, who's a producer, who they had a rapport with as well, he came in and was like, yo, I'm about to take this A&R position over at Def Jam. And he went, he's like, I got this group. I want to form this group called The Murderers, I believe. I don't want to be misquoted, but the group, and it was Jay-Z, this kid from Brooklyn named Jay-Z, mm. my artist Ja Rule, mm. and DMX. Mm. So that was the initial group that it was going to be. That's why if y'all noticed, there was a lot of songs included all three of them. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. You know, I think Ja first got on um, through the whole single, right? Like, um, not first got on, but his first, like, I feel like, really strong look was, uh, was it Canada Hollage or something like that? Well, he had a video. I just remember Ja being on something and whole kind of, like, gave him the platform. It was, so, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I can't attest to that. I don't want to put out the wrong information, but from that side of things, so then DMX, that formed the relationship, and then Irv bought Leo Cohen and Def Jam, right. and, you know, to the powerhouse studios. I was still in Atlanta at the time, and then the rest was history. But where I come in is that time they get the deal, and he has to finish the album. But the DMX that you see now, I mean, that most people have seen, not right now, he's doing really well. You know, the dog, I got love for him. And if it wasn't for him doing what he did, none of us in a mute from a music level probably would be where we are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, always respect and love for the dog. But DMX has his, you know, he had his trials and tribulations that we right. all witness on a public level. Right. Um, but that's always been him. You know, it was just at the time, Swiss's uncles did their best wow, to true. control that right, situation. Right. So where I come in and that is in 98, 97, 98, DMX, they they I had a home studio, as you knew, right? So Swiss said. They was like, look, we got to get X out of New York because he's doing the same thing. He's in the streets. Right, right. And they're like, yo. Might not make so it. So Swiss is like, and they're like, we got a deal on the table. We got to yeah. deliver in order for yeah. us to, to grow. So Swiss is like, yo, my boy, you know, remember Grady? You know, hey, little Grady, yeah. <laughs> we got the studio down here. Mm. We can send Earl down here. So in like 97... Earl comes to live with me. Now I heard Born Losing. I was like, yo, he's, he's nice. Like, you know, but I ain't know who he was right. like that. 97, he comes to live with me. And he's in our own studio. And it's like the whole Rough Riders. They was Rough Riders even before Rough oh, Riders. Yeah, so he came come in. Teams, it's like 20 right? people <laughs> staying in my studio, basement, right, right, apartment, right. house, you know? Like, right. and... Yeah, it's it's real, you know, and I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, and then they, you know, then it fizzles out, and it's only like two or three people. Dame Grease, the producer, yeah. very hot. Shout out to Dame, and then um, you know, um, Swiss's um, uncle's main guy, Sun, Sun God, that's his name, so you already know. Right. But level with mindset, he's on. He was there to be the enforcer, you know what I'm saying? Right. Make sure Earl was on point, and you know, he recorded Earl. Started recordings in the South, he was able to stay focused. Got in the zone. So, and he's in my house, and you know, it's the South, right? Yeah, like yeah, the whole yeah, vibe, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't really go out and yeah, get into too much trouble. Yeah, yeah. 
So he just, and it's cool because he likes that. Like it's like laid back, it's chill. Mm, right, right. And Earl really likes that. He don't like all to be bothered and stuff. But if you put a person like him in an aggressive environment, he's, he's going to be an aggressive person, you know. But you put him in that environment, he's like a nature guy. Low key, yeah. Low key, he's really a dog mentality. Like he, you know, like he's like that. So I watch him. Going to the studio on a recording booth in mind, I got like a little thin sheetrock recording booth, and he's like, first song he records, boom, 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 open the door, ATF. And I'm like, he's a rapper. <laughs> I'm not a rapper. <laughs> That's a rapper. <laughs> Let's figure this out. <laughs> That's dope, though. Right? Yeah. Dope. You know what I mean? You saw it work for you and not like that. And I said, well, how can I still be involved? And I noticed Swiss's uncles still, but they would come in and they'd be like, yeah, Earl, remember that joint you did? And Swiss's uncle would be like, yada, 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 reciting the lyrics, still knowing music. Like, literally, I think Swiss's uncle, if he wanted to do an album, he could have did an album. Wow. He was that lyrically nice and inclined and new. So he was able to do the best artist deve development with the artist because he could relate to the artist, right. kind of like an artist mindset. Right. So that's what I said, I could do that. Right. So that's how it led me into wanting to do executive and A&R, mm -hmm. to be the person fighting for the artist. What better person to do that as an art, uh, artistic-minded person, right? right. Like Wu-Tang, right. said, you know, who's your A&R, mountain climber? You know, who, who plays an electric guitar, but he don't know the meaning right. of dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's real. So it's different if it's someone that's an artist that really gets art artistry. So I'm a rapper. So yeah, let me be the guy that could support the rappers and right. guide right. and help them. So you can sense the needs. And, right, right, right. And that's how it worked. And I started, though, with me carrying crates and getting coffee for Earl and, you know, just being just being there, just happy to absorb it all in. I mean, my first experience was DMX. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's, that's a hell of an uh, introduction wow. into the game. X came to live with you. That's so the bar for me after that was on talent level yeah. was can't like... Go, can't go back from that. So Swiss goes up to New York and he's producing and to squeeze the juice out of the headphones comes out, you know, mm -hmm. J-Kiss, uh, um, Chilling, sitting on a vibe with all my dogs, all my, yeah, so that comes out and we made it. It's the first record, it's on an official album, we're popping. So we're in school, we're like, Swiss bought his first advance, bought the Z300, now high school. We're pulling up, we got TVs popping out the headrest, they called this car the spaceship. Wow. You can't tell us nothing, we're like, you know, now we're on. But we couldn't even get into the clubs, man. Like, like so I never forget. Then stop yeah, drop. That let out though, right? <laughs> stop drop comes on, comes out, mm. and it's like, yo, and it's just back to back, bam from TV. This, that, that. This was, and he's 18, 16, 17, 18. Wow. And he had ten records on the radio at one time. He was the first producer to do that in hip hop like that. You know, like that never was yeah, done with that at that time. Now it's like he kind of that format where it's like one sound of a producer right. and then use that sound on the radio. Right. 
that and that's where the labels chase the producers now. Mm-hmm. He, you know, Timbaland and Pharrell, they did that too in their own way, but Swiss really had like ten yeah. records on the yeah. radio at he one. He definitely killed that uh, Korg keyboard. He must have yeah. let all the sounds out that joint, bro. Google again. <laughs> now, now, so I'm not gonna give up the secrets what he uses, you know. So after that, it was like, yo, Greg, I gotta move to New York. I'm like, bet. I gotta finish my education. Mm. So I went to, um, I got graduated, got my GPA, I mean my um, academic diploma GPA, then I went to uh, Keller, Keller Graduate School for okay. business, and I stayed, I stayed three, I stayed two, three semesters. Wait, wait, no, I got my associates, and then Swiss was like, great. <laughs> It's on. It's like, I need you to come up here, man. Like, we about to do the record company and this and that. And then it was so crazy. I came up to New York, back to Manhattan. So that's what year, I said. What, what year was this? I was 19, 20. Wow. No, so, but like, what, it was this like 99, 2000? 2000. And you hadn't been back to the city since. since. So well, I mean, was, I would visit, right. but, right. but mind you, I'm now from Staten Island to the Forgotten Borough to Atlanta to yeah so what what was that what was that um experience like reimmersing yourself it was it was rough because now I've gotten acclimated to that Atlanta life right to mm. you know living with you know a little bit of at night everything's quiet you know right, right, you right, just right, yeah, right, yeah. you know like you get used to it. I got my floor I got my circle of friends it's right, like right. so you have to kind of leave all that behind. I'm the oldest of 11 brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Six on my mother's side and five with my dad. Oh, yeah. tremendous. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty close with all of them. I'm more like a second parent, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so it gets a little crazy. But, you know, I'm close with them. So, you know, you're leaving your family. It's, it's, it was rough. It was, it was a big adjustment. So I immersed myself in the world. Yo, salute to your moms, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I had to immerse myself in work to really like find myself, you know, nice. and um, it was rough because I'm young and it's all new to me and I took on an executive role right out the gate. I was a vice president, president of Swiss's uh, record company, a full surface records. Okay. Oh, oh, how does that feel, bro? At 20, 20 years old? Any vice president of Swiss's I didn't even under- comprehend it. Oh, okay. I didn't even understand it. <laughs> I was just like, yo, I'm up here with my boy and it's, happening. it's just happening, right? right? Like, right, you're right. not, I'm not, like, at this age, I'd be like, oh, I'm a vice president. No, but at 20, it's like, what's vice president mean? But that's the right mentality. And, and just to give it some context, had you worked a job prior to that? or Yes. While I was in high school, in my some of my college, I, um, Worked at TRX Fulfillment Services, which was uh, the back support for Expedia.com. Okay. So I was the guy. I got my travel agent certificate and WorldSpan, and it was it was pretty cool. It was a dope experience. It actually helped me like brush up my corporate skills. Like that's where I learned like. You know, my early corporate understanding, okay. like, you know, deadlines, deliverables, you know, things like that, you know, mm. you know, right. quotas, what I needed to do in order to achieve what I needed to, you know, to keep a paycheck coming, right? Yeah. 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 
Just a good one, one. What's up, brother? I made a jump in the yard. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, thank you. What up, brother? What's up, brother? Yeah, so we recording or you have finished? What's up, brother? Wait, did we interrupt it? So you so the A&R, full surface, and how, so, so, what was your, um, first teeth cutting experience as an A&R being 20 years old back in New York City. So it was it was familiarity, but then in one token, it was all new, right? Like, right. you know, I didn't, I'm figuring, I'm learning as I as we go. Now, mind you, Swiss at this point, he's already like, I said, 10 records on the radio at one time. Yeah. He's already like, he's Swiss. He's mm -hmm. becoming Swiss. Like, he didn't really have a, a, a profile, a public profile as much, but everyone knew his production and his name. So it was a lot of this. I remember we would, you know, anywhere we go, it's like, you're Swiss Beats? <laughs> and it's like, wow, you know, like, you're the guy, right? Like, people didn't even know who he was, per se. So he would even get, are you DJ Clue? <laughs> no, they would always get the Swiss DJ Clue thing. Clue knows this, so it's a little funny inside joke. But, um, so... But for us, it's like, you know, I remember Swiss is like, he's got a Lamborghini yet. We're 19, mm. 20, like. Diablo. Diablos, oh, multiple, multiple. Like, Jeez. this is like. So, love for cars started since. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. So, we're, you know, and he's, we got braids and stuff, man. Like, we're, you know, and I'm an executive. So, I'm going into an office with a room of people that. Are in their late twenties, mid thirties already, and I'm young, nineteen, twenty, giving them my opinion on things, you know. And I'm like, but it was good because they they were receptive to the fact that I was out in the streets, like I was a part of the culture. What were some of your, um, you know, attacking that role? What were some of your your in most enjoyable projects to work on? And in contrast, what were some of the uh, projects that you um, had the, the greatest learning experience? I would okay, say. so again, so learning, there was a learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. And it was all new for me. At the end of the day, I started, I, I did have my basics of, okay, someone's giving money, we have to deliver something, right? Like, <laughs> Swiss was barely come. he didn't even come to the office like that, to be honest. He would go into the meetings that we would have with Clive and Jay Records. Now, mind you, I'm having to, like, deliver to, at the end of the day, Clive fucking Davis. Yeah. This is the music god. Right. I'll be real, I was just like, this old white man? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, ah. Like, you know... Damn, I need to be talking to Russell Simmons, you know, but and then when I understood who he is, it was like, wow, like I'm having meetings with braids and a baggy shirt down to my, at that time, down to my knees, damn near, with Clyde fucking Davis. And the the tutelage that I got from that and Trevor, Trevor Gerardo, who's still um, over at RCA and Larry Jackson, who's now the head of Apple. And Peter Edge, we were all A and R's at the same time, but these wow. are the guys that I'm like learning from, right. you know. And it was just, and Clyde was genius technically. Like, Whoa, what kind of environment was that? Like very corporate, but cool, right? It was corporate cool, right? Like Clyde's an attorney first and foremost, which right. a lot of oh, people don't yeah. understand. 
uh, started with this, you know, CBS radio and did that whole thing. But he's, 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 but he's, his affinity for music and getting talent, like he loves talent. He's truly like a talent driven guy. Like he, and music, I learned this one thing from Clive. We would complain about marketing and our records not doing this well at radio, blah, 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 blah. And we try to bring those issues up and Clive would just be like, just make a hit. A hit record cures all ills. <laughs> That's true. So true. And when we made a hit record, so Clive, I'll give you one scenario. He's saying one of my breakthrough moments. We have a kid who Swiss's dad discovered by the name of Cassidy. Mm. And he's like on a, you know, on a, on a um, come up. He's killing everything in battles and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm. okay, this kid's pretty dope. But I don't know what his potential is. But I'm like, all right. Swiss is like, great, this is it. This is who we're focusing on. All right, cool. So Ashana Ayers, who now, you know, Manages Common Sense and Common Rapper and mm. Actor. And she was our general manager. Her and I, we put in work, like work. Like she used to work for Wu Tang at the time. So it's so crazy. I was all suggested. She used to work for Wu Tang before she came to us. Mm. And she came on as general manager. And she helped me out a lot as far as, you know, learning the game, mm. the music industry. And then, um, so we put our all in Cassidy, and then we said, well, Swiss, you're the one with the most, the name, right? So we have to piggyback this record company off of you. So we did that, and then it was this battle that happened, right? Between um, uh, Cassidy Freeway. and one of Jay-Z's artists Freeway. at Freeway. the time. Freeway. 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 Now, mind you, that battle was like not supposed to ever be known or heard or seen, right? That was like a behind the scenes thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And then we showed it to like one person, and I'm not gonna say who, but lesson learned at the radio department. <laughs> and before you know it, that battle went viral, right? Like it was like yeah. that battle went all over. And that helped. It was crazy, but we, that wasn't our intention. Like, we were just going to grind it out. Right. But then that accelerated the process. And um, Cassidy was a battle monster, though. Yeah. Like, he battled. Oh, yeah. Like, that was one battle you've seen. But no, y'all didn't see. Like, he would demolish. And lyrically, like, but he was groomed the same way. Like, he was coming up on the Jada Kiss and everybody. And he, you know, you're talking about an 18-year-old kid that now has to rap again. Like rap and battle and drag and this one and Jada and it, it was like a it was like the way that was the yeah. powerhouse the rough rider thing at that time it was like everyone would come in and you had to just spit your best lyrics to get on record period right. that was our hip hop you know you had to like be dope golden period days, the opinion. golden days right. and so Cassidy came up under that so lyrically he was a monster but it was about making songs under the j records regime so fast forward we do a lot of mixtapes we do a lot of you know smack dvds all these things but we didn't the j record system didn't have a machine behind it like a def jam did for example right. so it wasn't as hip-hop and urban driven it was more popular 
Pop. Right. Jimmy Cozier. Correct. I think Olivia. All of that. Was all the people, yeah. Alicia. Alicia was the the yeah, moment and is still the. Absolutely. I, I was at Def Jam at the same time as you. Okay. Okay. Alicia. Yeah, oh, people. We was nervous. I was in the marketing department. Yeah. Well, you guys were weak on that side. We were really weak, I and mean, we had a, on we the hip hop side. Yeah, we had someone, but it wasn't Alicia Keys. On the hip hop side, they were weak. On yeah. the on the R and B and like pop side. That, I mean, now, you know, yeah, it's, strong, it's, right, right, it's right, shifted. But at that time, it wasn't. They had no pop. So we, you know, so we were the hip hop for J Records. Besides, they signed Buster and Wyclef and did, but new acts, they wanted to break new acts. Right. So Cassidy was the first new act. So the group breaking ground, that was the pressure for me wow. to break the first new hip hop act on J Records. Mm. But it's no pressure when you're 20 years old. You think we could do what you think you could do? <laughs> Everything. Watch this. Watch this. So um, it was rough as hell. It was hard as hell. Uh, Clive says, we play a record for him that Jazzy Faye um, referenced the vocals for. And this is how music works, right? And he's, it's a record, Jazzy Faye singing it. Girl, you wanna come to my hotel? <laughs> and it's Jazzy Faye voice, right? And Jazzy Faye's an amazing producer, oh, yeah, you know, at the time. Right. He was super popping too, and right. he did that reference. And then we played that record, and Clive's like, I think we have something with this record. It's just missing a little, you know. And I'm like, I say this Swiss, I'm like, okay. He said, if you guys could just touch it a bit and come back, I think we might have something. Now, for Clive to say this, Clive Davis, to say this, you better make that record the biggest record in the world for him and come back. So what we did, so I said, look, I said, R. Kelly's in town. I think we can get R. Kelly to do, let's try for R. Kelly to do the record, do the hook. So we tell Clive, we have a relationship with R. Kelly. Maybe we'll put him on the record. We just met R. Kelly. <laughs> but you know the game, man. You gotta, you gotta make it happen. So we go, we go up to um. So I call R. Kelly's um 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 guy. I forget. Damn, I'm so, I feel bad. I can't remember his name. But um, I remember his attorney at the time, Daryl McDavid, me and him were cool too. So I called his whole little crew, his cousin, June, June. That's who it was, his cousin, June. So I called June and I'm like, yo, June, Swiss wants to come and play some records for Kells and collab. So that was the end point of entry. Right. So June's like, hell yeah, man, y'all cool, y'all fair Kells would love that. So I never forget, we get to Chicago and I call the number. So the dude picks up the phone and I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, we here in Chicago. We trying to link. It's me, Swiss, and Cassidy. <laughs> he didn't even know Cassidy is or whatever. And they were like, yo, we here. Let's let's get up, man. Swiss is here. We came for you. He's like, look, man, you know, y'all going to have to come. Um, I'm playing basketball right now. I'm like, basketball? Yeah. I'm like, yo, man, we here for Kells. I just spoke to his cousin, June. I'm like, we coming to come play records getting soon. Look, man, I don't do shit, so I play basketball, homie. So I'm, I, I hear y'all here. Y'all can come on through after we play some basketball, and then y'all come to the studio. I'm like, who is this? He said, this Rob, man. I said, Rob, who the hell is He's like, Rob, man, this is Rob Kelly. This is all Kelly. I'm like, oh, shit. I said, my bad, Rob. I'm about to fuck it all up before it even starts. You know what I'm saying? Who the fuck is Rob? I'm like, who the fuck is Rob? 
museum right, right, right. and chill at the basketball court and watch this play basketball for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, he ain't gonna go to the studio. And Clive's expecting us back. It was like a two days later. Right. We go into the, after that. He's like, now let's go to the studio. Let's hear some shit. And we introduced Cassidy and the whole thing, but we didn't push Cassidy. Right. We basically like, yo. You know, Swiss starts playing records for him. Him and R. Kelly start vibing. And then we sneak in. Um, Hotel. Hotel. The, 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 the um, Cassidy freeway battles. Oh. So Kells is like, damn, that boy's cold. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, woo. He's like, you got some more? So then Cass just starts spitting 100 bars. Kells was like, <laughs> what what we doing? He's like, you not leaving till I do a record yeah, with you. Record, right, he right, said, right. do you got something? Wow. By the way. Excuse my yeah, singing yeah, skills and all that bullshit. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I can't wow. believe this just worked the way it worked. Yeah, it's a moment. That's we crazy. go back without any slope the next day, play that record for Clive. Clive says to me, Trevor, the whole staff, radio, everybody, Pete, everybody, my heart's pounding. We have a hit. <laughs> when that man says you have a hit record in oh. front of the whole staff, absolutely. That's why you know the record to this day. And the whole staff has to be behind it. You know how all it the works. Can make it happen. Fact. Straight to radio. And that was where I learned a hit cures cures all ills. Mm. Because that changed and I achieved what we wanted to achieve, which was breaking the first hip hop act off of J Records. Wow. And um, then later we came with I'm a hustler. And that was set to do even better. And then Cassidy, unfortunately, had his incident into jail. Yeah. I was fighting a murder case and everything. And we were the first artists to go digitally platinum with a single on J Records. First. Wow. Even before my sister Alicia. That's what's up. First. Period. And the whole RCA system. We, we, we went digital. That's platinum. impressive. It's amazing. Yeah, so. I'm tw- I accomplished this by, not I, we, but I at 24 years old. Wow. Yeah. And then I said, okay. So that was the gift and the curse, right? At you feel invincible in your 20s. You're like, oh, just break the first hip hop act on a major record company? Especially yeah. when you're really Okay, what else we do next? Oh, get Jay-Z on the record? Clear the sample? I can do that. Yo, Tata, what's up, man? I need this clear. <laughs> Yo, Gray, what's up? Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, you want Jay-Z cleared on the record? Jay-Z don't do that. Yeah, he don't. Hell no. But Tata made that happen. Shout out to Tata. And, um, you know, Rock Nation, Rock Rockefeller. It's always been family, you know, those guys. And so that was like the beginning of my career really taking off from music and entertainment. And then that led to um, a lot of other deals from... Uh, Things that we wouldn't consider at the time, like product placement, 
endorsement deal started knocking on the door. We didn't care too much about that. But as music took its downturn, I think before any other economy because of the mm. whole piracy issues and things I'm not going to get into, but music took a hard hit. So that that was where you know those product product placement deals and endorsement deals that people would look at like, okay, that doesn't mean anything. Right. It used to be corny. Yeah, I started saying, let's talk. And that's how we started segueing into that mentality. Okay. Right. See, that's and that's what I wanted to ask because looking at your um your LinkedIn page, I saw that you you know you did the A and R thing, the vice president thing for a while. I wanted to ask if you became disenchanted during that time because I realized that time was you know music was kind of like on the decline, like people the buying habits started to change. Um, was did you start um, doing this uh, around the time like translations was starting to come so, into? So well, Steve Stout, you know, shout out to Stout. He laid the. I mean, he's a he's a genius. He's a visionary. He mm-hmm. laid the pathway for all of us to be doing what we're doing right now. Technically, mm-hmm. I mean, Russell even did that too. Like it was, they all had that mentality. But the the thing is, like, it was more like a cultural brand thing because, like, we we were kind of stuck with. Um, Things like Sprite, St. Ives. True. Um, True. <laughs> and, you know, Fubu. Gap kind of snuck LL in there. But but these were, they, they weren't like, you know, um, they weren't, they were legacy brands, but they weren't the brands that we have now. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course, of course. So, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Stout took it to the next level, but it started with, when, you know, Russell had like Fat Farm and, you know, right. he's been doing this forever because Russell was the first one out of all of us getting money yeah, on that level. Like, he first. really started diversifying hip-hop. Like, right. Russell was, like, he, and he's dope like that. Like, he's an integrated person always, his mentality. Like, as much as he's proud of being a, a, a black man, he's also understands that we're one race, and that's the human race, right? So right. he's always, like, loves everybody, and he's always, like, feels like, I'm going to bring nigga hood hip hop shit into this environment. Like yeah. that's his mentality to this day. The like, yeah, <laughs> but he's still, I love him for that. And he's yeah. always trailblazing. And then, you know, Puff, um, I would say took up after that. And then we kind of followed after him and you know, these guys paved the way. And then Steve Stout really took it to the next level from an advertising perspective and really like push the limits with brands and associating with hip hop and and urban culture and not and showing that it has the power to dictate sales and you know really put it into that monetary format like look if you you know with this with this many views that see this that listen to this record he can be a brand influencer and this can increase sales and increase product you know right. were you knocking on doors in the early goings or were were there um, some brave uh, brands coming to you guys like saying, hey, I see what your momentum is. We have X, Y, Z. How can we combine? What, what was that transition like? That? So the transition was really just, um, it was organic, man. We didn't push. We didn't try. We just wanted to be with brands or people that shared the vision. Mm-hmm. You know, so I did a little bit of film and television. Um I mean, I, I put Swiss on America's Best Dance Crew and TV. Mm. I did, um, um, I, I bought a film, 
a film deal, take uh, take the lead, a couple of things. And, you know, like that was more of like where I was going. And then uh, Swiss just, I, I bought, I mean, never figured we did a Zima commercial, you know, oh, things yeah. like that. Like we just started like doing different eclectic, cool things to be a part. And we were inspired because we already saw like, you know, Jay-Z doing Heineken or this right. one doing nah, that. Hennessy, you know, so it was like, well, not as high Hennessy is just recent, but we were doing that like in the early 2000s. And then it just continued to grow and then Swiss did a deal with Kid Robot. It was one of the first deals. And then um, it just, music became the vortex and the, and, and the, and it was many different plethoras for us to do business, right? So. Right. That allowed us to see like we can do business anywhere. And we weren't just we didn't like as Kanye says, and people look at him as like, you know, sometimes they go about his rants and it's a two, you know, two-pronged like point of view. Like some people agree, some people don't agree. Mm-hmm. But Kanye's genius. And like he says, you know, like you really I mean, even as we were discussing earlier, you don't want to be marginalized. You know, you wanna the, the word can't, you know, like if you envision something. You know, guys like Russell, guys like Puff, but I also look at guys like Richard Branson. You know, this guy has oh, done man. everything from tel- telephonics to, you know, to to aviation. film, to aviation, yeah. to going to the freaking moon, literally, like spaceships. Like, he, that's a guy that's also inspiration to me, right? That's who I model myself a bit after in a certain, to a certain extent. I'm not going to tell all the people that I like, not compete, but watch and inspire, like, okay, mm-hmm. He did that, like so. I don't like when people marginalize me as yo. You're the music guy, right? And Swiss doesn't like that, and you know, so we we think different. So from that, Swiss has done Reebok and Monster and so many other deals, and Audemars to working with Audemars Piguet to you know Lotus to Lotus to Aston Martin repeat to so many different things. I mean, I didn't do those deals. I was more of like you know just like. Consigliere type vibe, like yo, that's dope. That's you know, yeah. but I didn't do those deals. That's him, just like I love all of these products, so I'm gonna be a part of it and do it. And then you know, me, I pushed more towards the uh, philanthropic approach. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Definitely. So you, um, the uh, health and hospitals. Uh, I'm I'm not sure how to say the uh, the the title, but I I thought it was kind of um a, a little poetic justice because you mentioned your grandmother. Was a was a director exactly. So director how how did you how did you fall into into that um role? So that came about that? that came about by a friend of mine's by the name of um, uh, Angela Mack. She's actually used to be our our travel agent once we had the record company. Okay, and then she segued into her family is background is in politics. Her mother's mm-hmm. like some huge politician in uh, in Boston. And then she was like, look, I'm working with uh, the health and hospitals in New York to help, you know, broaden their awareness and branding. Because the health and hospitals is the largest municipal health care system in, uh, in the United States, wow. if not the world, right? Like, so that's all 11, that's all five boroughs in New York City and 11 level one trauma centers and 400 clinics. Wow. 25% of all New Yorkers are born in these hospitals and they service probably about one, their patient population is probably about one point something million uh, New Yorkers a year. Whoa, that's yeah, nice. so that's hospitals like Bellevue, 
Harlem Hospital. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, um, Bellevue, Harlem Hospital, Gouverneur, Elmhurst, Jacoby in the Bronx, okay. uh, Lincoln, Woodhall, and um, uh, Cumberland, Kings County, Kings County, and uh, I think I did say all eleven, close to. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, CBU on Staten Island. So they and they have such a rich history because they're not only the largest, they're the oldest. They've been mm. here before every other hospital. Oh wow. So one of the first things we did was, you know, again, me, what we do is how do we add cachet and add value to something? So we uh visited Harlem Hospital and um 2012, and that was the beginning of the relationship. And they were telling us all the history about Harlem Hospital, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, uh, this person was born here, this person was here." And actually, we saw Dr. Martin Luther King. We saved his life when he got stabbed here. And this and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up! What, what did you just say? What did you just say?" No, just going speed. Past yeah, like, like, like just yeah, saying, when Martin Luther King was stabbed in Harlem by the, with the crazy deranged woman with the box cutter, we we saved his life here at Harlem Hospital. I said, "What? Wow, wow. So you mean?" If you didn't do that, there wouldn't be a um, I Have a Dream speech and lead up the civil rights movement wouldn't be here. That was before the whole... They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so we're going to do a commemoration around that. Was any of the doctors? I'm just going to go, you know, I don't want to limb here. Are they still alive? Any of them? They was like, yeah. Actually, John, Dr. John W. Cordyce was one of the surgeons. He's still alive. Wow. He was 90. At the at that time, like '91, oh. we honored him. The mayor came, Swiss came, and cut the ribbon. We did a dinner late. I mean, a, a gala fundraising gala later that night, and we commemorated the hospital. We raised capital for the hospital and for the fund. And I mean, we honored Dr. Cordyce. It was an amazing event. So many dignitaries, so many politicians was there, and this was something I was. I did, like, I was wow. able to have my name affiliated with that, with the Harlem wow. Hospital new pavilion that opened. And it, that's incredible. And we commemorated that with the man that saved Dr. King's life, and that was the theme. And so many people came out to meet this man. Wow. And he was 92 years old. He couldn't stay the whole time. I mean, he passed away when he was 92, uh, a year and a half later. Wow. So, let me ask you a question. When you, um, so you, you, you came in kind of like as a, uh, creative director, somebody to bring in partnerships to increase awareness for the hospitals. Correct. Um, this whole, like, I, I, I see the transition of you um, going from music into this, like, social good and building the communities. Correct. Where does that come from? I learned, I started learning, that, that came initially from my grandmother, right? Who She would always take in everyone from the neighborhood and always feed people. And you and, saw this. Yeah, and I saw this young and, you know, our family background, you know, is um, uh, some of our people in the church and then some of the people in Islam. So we learned, you know, that giving in both faiths is about giving and, you know, and uh, giving back. It's not about what you take. It's about being proud of what you give. The culture has shifted. And I don't know if that's a paradigm that's, that's intentional to, you know, make everyone about being getters, you know, like, oh, what you got? Fuck you, I'm rich, you're broke, fuck you. That wasn't cool when I was growing up in the music and the culture and society. That's never been cool. But now in our capitalistic society, being in the forefront of capitalism has been like, 
what can you obtain and that makes you a person of interest. That's another reason why I respect you guys for reaching out to me because I'm not a guy that brags about what I have. That's not even my, I, 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 honestly, I disdain it. You know, I think like it's disgusting, you know, like Alicia as well as someone that um, put another insight and influence us when she, her and Swiss got married. You know, we start seeing the person she is. She's a woman that really is about that. Like she's about yeah. giving. She doesn't care about what she gets on that level. She cares about what she gives. And, you know, in a polite way, it was like she balling on us by, you know, building schools in Africa. We raised over $50 million to date in like $50 million giving away. I mean, not to mention her own money and things she's done. And I'm like... I hear brothers say they made fifty million or uh-huh. worth fifty million, but, but give away fifty million. That's it. Just puts things into perspective. And then now being a father, I've been a father for four years. You know, but it's always been in my heart. But now it's really adamant for me to give and do social good and make this world the best place I could try to make it from my my part, right? Right. Without making excuses. And complaining for my child, you know, and for people that I love, you know, because it's not, once you have a kid, you change your whole perspective. It's no longer about you. It's about them. Everything you're doing now from the time you're born or should be is about them. And really, I'm here to serve, man. I'm a a servant, you know, for the people, for my culture. You know, it's bigger than me and the legacy where my son when it's all said and done, I want my son to really be able to be proud of me. Going back to the way that I grew up, mm-hmm. I could I couldn't fully into this. They can't fully be proud of my dad, you know. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to change that for my legacy, for my family, for my son. I want him to be able to be proud of me to say, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's my dad, and I'm proud of what he's done, you know. And he could, in his heart, know. No, I've watched my dad. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. I've watched my dad give his blood, sweat, and tears to helping others, to making a difference. And great, uh, Russell Simmons says, great givers are great getters. And he believes that. He believes that. I believe that. You make a life by what you, you make a life by what you get. You make a, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. That's why to me you're you're like um out of anybody in the game too, you're one of the most unique and interesting individuals because you have accomplished so much. You've had partnering and worked with some of the greatest artists um in the industry and whatnot. And um when the first time we spoke, that's one of the first things you said to me was like, I'm here to serve. You know what I mean? And um you just have this this nature about you which you really wanna build back a community and I think that's so special. Not only that is because you can do that. People automatically think sometimes when kids would think like building a community is like, you know, it's a boring job. It's not like appealing, right? It's not sexy, oh, man. But I feel like the way you've done it, like going to the Smile Design guy, this is actually the second yeah. one we've been to. Thank you. Um, thank you. Tell um, us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so Smile Design Gallery and the answer, you know, this is what I dealt with when I was younger, right? About the balance of being cool. So I was ashamed of my intelligence at one point, right? Because some of my friends were like, not to say they were not inclined 
academically inclined the way I was because I don't believe there's no one that no one in the world is stupid. It's just if you put the metrics, if you tell you ever saw you the, can't create the, the new generation by climbing the, the meme, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you saw the fish, the 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 lion, the the the, the monkey, and yeah. you know the bird who could climb the tree the fastest. The monkey climbs it the fastest. Right. Oh, he's the he's the smartest. No, he's just adapt a different way, and we all have our skills that we adapt to. And I, like Jay Z said one time, our levels of genius. So we all have geniuses, and everyone has a genius level of talent. You just have to discover it, and it usually comes from your passion and whatever feels natural to you. Like if it's forced, usually. Yeah, but when you just naturally, so my my natural thing is social equity, mm. and servitude is my natural thing. Like the show, brother. How can I build something and I get from it as well? Because it's fair. I'm not saying I want it all, but fairly I should get a percent, right? Like if yeah, I yeah. if I bring you a million dollars, shouldn't I get at least? A percent, you know? So and it works like that, and that's how my business is structured. That's why I have a consultant management company, and I've um, transitioned from, um, well, I took it from the Monarch or uh, Full Surface, right? So that was what I was known for. So I said, might as well call it Full Surface Management. Right. So there's the con connectivity there. Right. And, um, but yeah, for me, whenever I try to do things for just my own personal financial gain, it doesn't really work well. And I've just realized that. And what works for me is Smile Design Gallery, the health and hospitals, um, all of my business ventures that I'm a part of from, you know, some things I can't really talk about, but, uh, you know, social good projects uh, from real estate to development deals to financing. You know, I have a great network of, you know, people come to me. And I, I love to be the guy that people can come to for help. I love it. But, you know, I assess. So my business, I assess from a professional level as a consultant, the risk. I, I assess um, the profitability. I assess like the, you know, the margins of growth, you know, and then from there we come up with a concise plan to be successful. And if everyone is successful, everyone's happy, right? right. And you set short-term short goals and long-term long -term goals. Some things are one-off deals that it's just like, hey, it's transactional. And then some deals are things that I have to stay on and really see it through for, a period of time in order to achieve a certain amount of success and then I, I'm compensated off of those measurements of success right yeah. so it's a win-win for everybody you know right. if you don't win I don't win I like that model okay. you know it's incentivized it's like so it has, it has to be something I believe in it has to be something that I'm like wow this is going to change the culture it's going to add value for you know it's going to be a part potentially of my legacy and if I just feel genuine, like this person deserves it, then I want to help, you know, and see it win. And I'm just good at that. Like I can take it and it's like a puzzle and in my brain. I could just put it all together. Right. And right. it's, and then it's done. Man. That's a, that's a right. special gift to have. <laughs> but that's my talent. Yeah. Right. And you have to, it took time and I'm still learning, right? There's still more things that I'm learning and fine tuning within myself. But that's uh that's where it's at, man. That's what I'm doing, and I think that's dope. It's so dope because you gave you gave to me like you gave social good the cool factor, man. And you know I feel like people can aspire to that, you know. And going back to that, that's what the balance of right 
like I said, I was ashamed of intelligence and didn't want to be called a nerd. But then by the time I graduated high school, I was proud to be like, yeah, I'm smart. Yeah. Smart motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like 3.5 GPA. And I didn't even try that hard. You know, like, I was proud of it. And I was still cool. I was cool. Like, really cool. Like, you know, like, not, not taking, removing ego, but I was proud to be a cool guy. Yeah, you know, like, in school, I was cool with everybody. You know, like, I was cool with the nerds. I was cool with the cheerleaders, the thugs, the this, that. I was cool with everybody. Like, everybody. Yeah. It helped in Atlanta, too, when my name was Grady. One of the hospitals out there was great Great hospital. Right. So they're like, oh, so they're country dudes like, yeah, Shawty, you cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) Grady, I was born in Grady. (laughs) My father was born born in Grady. But yeah, but again, I did notice that void. Like, you know, giving back and helping can be cool. It's not just something a suit and a stiff person has to do. That's like, I'm giving charity. I mean, look, whoever gives back, kudos to you. Absolutely. But more people in our culture and the youth can get involved and do it in a way and feel proud of it and learn from it and grow from it. And that's how we build each other up. And we build each other up. And you build up social equity as well because, you know, there's opportunities as well. I'm not saying you go into it for an opportunity, but there is opportunities, right? If you raise capital to build homes, right? Someone has to build the homes, right? So if there's a million dollars to to build to build twenty new homes in a city, right? And you have a construction company, right? Right? Everyone wins, right? You're not going to charge them full price, but maybe you'll charge less than what you would charge. But it's a win-win for everybody. You know what I mean? You could feed your community. There you go. So that's why it's it's important to have social equity and it's important to give back and be a part of your community. Always think about upliftment and it's cool to do it. That's the new cool for me. That's the new movement I like supporting and supporting brothers and sisters and youth and millennials and what are they calling my son's generation? I forgot what they're calling them. There's no name for for the generation coming up. Gen- yeah. No, Generation X was before. No, no, genera- I'm Generation X, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I we the millennials. I think yeah. millennials 18 to 35. Millennials are 18 to 35. I missed it by one year. But the, whatever, my son's we generation. still claim you, though. <laughs> thank you, thank you, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be a part of it, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, that's what it's about for me. It's about growth. It's about doing your part. You know, you can't not just complain about the issues, you know, Robert Kennedy, Kennedy said that, you know, he was like, I mean, John F. Kennedy, excuse me, he said, not ask what your country could do for you, but what you could do for your country, you know, like, and it was, not to get into politics, but that was like a real, to me, it hits home, it's like, what can you do, like, if you just think about if everyone did one thing positive for the world, we wouldn't have any issues, true indeed, if, Everyone just did one thing to help me make it positive. Yeah, man. I, I always say, man, like it's, it's selfishness that's, that's that's killing the world. Selfish that kills the world. Yeah. You know? Self-serving nature. This, what what can we um expect from you in the in the next couple of months? You know, oh, man. It's Q four. Oh, uh, man. The, the grind is on. Oh, man. I got a lot of things. I mean, I, I spoke more about my background and the music, and I know that's be really interesting. 
especially for the millennials, but I'm glad you guys wanted did the transition into where I'm at right now. Um, and I really want people to know that I don't regret my past, but you know, I'm really proud of what I'm doing right now. Okay. And if I could have been doing more of what I'm doing now, oh man, I would have even loved to do it earlier. Mm. You know, uh, social, social good businesses, mission-based businesses, um, charitable endeavors. Like for me, that's like, I, I, I get my rocks off on that, you know, like, and it's very lucrative as well. It's very lucrative. You know, if you feel good about helping others, make that your, 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 your business. If that's what you love to do, if you do not lose sleep over helping people like I do, like I don't, excuse me, right. then, then do that. But for 2017, I have a lot of projects going on. I, I told you I'm going to put a little bit of focus on Staten Island right now. Nice. Um, I have this other project, me and my partner, um, Abe Maldonado. We're doing something called Create Labs where we're going to be bringing like um, technologically uh, driven hubs, kind of like co-working spaces. Okay. But technologically driven for the community because there's a big push for uh, multicultural, especially minorities, for tech for technological and yeah, we're very education. We're insufficient. Yeah, yeah we're exactly. not represented. We're so not there's a void there. So we're creating this thing called Create Labs and major. it's going to be we're gonna we wanna launch it might be a partnership. Can't really talk too prematurely about certain right. things. It's right. contractual but we're looking at launching in 2017 and it's gonna be these cool hubs where I'm talking about robotic engineering and wow, like robotics. And if I show, you can't, I mean, like visually, you can't printing, see it, 3D you know, printing. Yeah. I mean, and it's gonna be a place where grandma from the projects can come in and learn how to code. Major. And a kid can, you know, fly, you know, understand, understand the uh, dynamics and behind a drone, right? Like, not just like, oh, I'm flying a drone, but why does a drone work? Right. Like, this is the things in creating robots and just pushing the envelope and it's exciting and I'm really excited about it. So that's something I'm working on and we're bringing it to fruition. Look forward to 2017 and then um, doing some amazing things with, as you know, a mutual friend, Sister Carrie, and the community and social projects we're going to build but I don't I can't really talk too much about that but again this is about not to get into politics but more about the, being a part of the solution you know with all the issues that we're dealing with systemic issues you know society we're really going hard to bring solutions and we're going to tackle the socioeconomic issues that we're dealing with and have a great team an amazing brain trust of financial people political people uh, philanthropic people and uh, uh, political activists and celebrities and some real cool celebrities I can't say right now who's a part of it but it's really dope what we're going to be bringing to the table for 2016 the tail end and 17 and see more about that we're going to have a couple of events that we're going to put and then we got Smile Design Gallery where we subsidize the cost of art 
we subsidize the cost of healthcare via the sales of art, right? Mm. So it's amazing what we're doing there. And we're supporting new artists and artists, and then we're providing dental health and health to people and to other charities and organizations. I mean, we've taken care of um, a whole school in Camden, New Jersey, kids who usually, they just go to a clinic. And you know what happens when you have an issue with your teeth and you go to a clinic, they just pull your teeth out. Yeah. That's it. And... We're giving these kids $20,000 smiles, $5,000 smiles. And do you know what it does for kids' self-esteem? Oh, man, everything. Yeah, so we're, 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 I mean, this is, and I'm, it's cool to do it. It's fly to do it. I love that. And this is what we want to inspire. And I'm glad you guys get what what it is. You guys are, man, I'm really impressed by you brothers, man. I'm really impressed by you, Travis and friends. I'm really impressed by you guys, man. Because for you to be this intuitive, that shows you're on another level, right? Like, most people don't care to even talk to a guy like me, right? Like, they look at what I do as boring. Like, oh, you're just a behind-the-scenes guy, pushing papers, making things happen. But for you to catch what and really understand it, like, I didn't tell you what I'm trying to make um, uh, uh, social... Socioeconomic and social good things cool or philanthropic things cool. I didn't tell you guys that. And for you to pick up on that, like, like, damn, you got my phone tapped this You're really watching me. Like, you pay attention to the details. You do pay attention to the details. So, and what you guys are doing in any way, as I told y'all, like, any way I can help you brothers to really blow this up because I think this is what needs to be seen, you know. Again, being that difference, right? right? Like, don't talk about, oh, there's no, everything's about, you know, you know, everybody being so self-centered and, yeah. you know, materialistic and all of this garbage that's on TV and the radio. Well, create something that gives a different point of view. Yeah. We're in this world to create. A friend and I were just talking about that earlier, about creativity and how it's so ill that you could create something from your mind See. And make it manifest into something yeah. physical. I, I feel the same way, like you know, the amazing jewelry designed by the way. Yo, definitely. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. You gotta get your website and your card before. Selena knows it's www.nazmyc.com. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, creativity and things like that is what we're here for. So you know, I want us to always support that. And That's you right. guys created something so amazing here. This is dope, and it was my. My pleasure, my honor. I I, I could have gave y'all so much more, but you know, gotta leave a little mystery. So good. Yeah, yeah, I hope I gave you enough, though. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. Man. You gotta go back with you in like eight, six months, man. I know absolutely crazy. You uh, gotta get like say twenty seven k. You gotta do that, man. Yeah, you know, as we say, you say in Islam, you say Inshallah, meaning God's will. You know, so. It, you know, that's uh, for me, you know, whatever the universe permits the creative, I'm, I'll take it, you know? Mm. But that's, that's, that's me, man. Shout Yo, that's shout dope. Out to you, shout out to Brady. Yo, thank you. We want to thank you again for, you know, spending this time with us and, yes, and you know, breaking bread and sharing the knowledge because there's a lot of individuals out there that are, you know, as I said before, like our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And thank Correct. you for breaking bread with us. Absolutely. And to, um, you know, carrying the ball forward to everything you do in the community. Yeah, man. Doing for it's it's beautiful. And just one more thing I want to say, you brothers, I think I'm like an important thing um, for everyone. Don't be afraid of 
pushing yourself and traveling, knowing more, seeing other cultures. That really opened me up a lot. Mm. Like I, I try to speak as many languages as I can. I can speak a little bit of French, Spanish, Italian, uh, Portuguese. I speak a little bit of Arabic. You okay. name it, I could probably say hello, how are you, in ten different languages. That's what's up. Even if you were to try to put me to the test right now. But I mean, my point, it wouldn't be me though. <laughs> I give you that bonics, but yeah, that's but my point is, and, it, and that's it's such a we're more f- familiar than we're different, right? Mm. And ignorance is literally not knowing to not know something. Right. So the more we know, the more you can better yourself as far as dealings with other cultures, society. You could create something. You can right. understand a need that might be missing. Then you could create something. So travel. See the world, understand other cultures, don't be close-minded, you know, and just be open to receive, you know? So that's just one thing I wanted to make sure I said, and then of course shout out my my wife and my son, Connor and Yolanda did everything for don't. me, you know what I mean? And uh yeah, shout 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 out to y'all, man. Y'all, y'all watch. There gonna be yeah, a lot of amazing things with y'all, brothers. I yo, see it. God willing, man. I know. Where 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 can we uh, find you on the on the? My job was scouting talent at one point, so I can see talent. I know talent yeah, when I, I see it. Y'all that, brothers man. are destined for some amazing things, man. Thank, Thank you, man. Where, y'all where, thinking where, in a way others aren't thinking. Where can we uh, find you on on the uh, socials? I mean, I'm really light on my social on my professional on LinkedIn at Great Spivey, and then on my. Um, on and then I'm just on Instagram, you know. I'm really I'm, I'm on there and really done too much else on Twitter and I you know watch I try to watch what I say because what you say gets you in trouble sometimes. So right, right, right. I'm right. more on uh, about I like more Instagram because it's more about you can show mm-hmm. and I try to curate and just always inspire. I mean, sometimes I want to post some crazy shit, but I don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Because, you know, guys like Travis Franz are watching me. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't want to mess this thing up, man, in, 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 in post. But sometimes I, I let loose a little bit. But, uh, you know, yeah, so you know, social media, uh, just my name. You know, I, I don't, I'm not superior anymore. Cool Grady Mac Daddy 21, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> superior. Yeah, I'm just Grady Spivey. That's a unique name within itself. And that's my brand. And that's what I have to maintain the integrity of so incredible well thank you once again and everybody this has been another episode of driven minds keep going you are almost there driven minds (laughs) amazing minds absolutely stay driven stay driven oh man it's great man